0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Documented where we are documenting modern day miracles. Today we have Richard and Hazmine, and they're going to tell us a miracle that happened to them, a financial breakthrough when they answered and said yes to the will of God. So Richard and Hazmine, tell us your story.
1: This is awesome. It's really good that you guys are doing this. its, it's uh, I'm really hoping that Inspires a lot of people and uh, good job for doing this. We're very excited. Thanks for having us. Share with them when we got married.
2: We got married in 2011 and I was a Prescott girl and he was raised in Phoenix in our fellowship. And we were just so excited, a very young bride and groom, still teenagers, still had a lot to figure out, but we were definitely so excited.
1: I guess we'll jump right into it. So we um, early on, I was working in the kitchen. I was working in the restaurant at the time. It was a cafe, but it was like, it was inside the Intel plant, and um, I was I was working there. I wasn't I wasn't making very much money. I also never knew what it was like to live alone, like paying your own rent and stuff, because I've always lived at home. So i get married and and right away like i'm having to figure life out and we we started struggling financially very early on within months of our of our marriage and i remember days where i mean my gas light was on in the car our fridge was just empty and and i struggled with that i really did because my wife came from a big family uh a blessed family in the church she was the youngest of six and and i struggled with you know i took her away from that live with me and like i've got nothing to offer her and you know it bothered me for a while i remember one of those one of those nights that we didn't have dinner we didn't have anything to do it was hot in phoenix it was like summer it probably wasn't summer it was just hot (laughs) and i remember we we decided to go on an evening stroll just walk around our apartment complex and it was for the first time that we made the joke that there was a check in the mail so let's go check the mail there's probably a check for us they're just joking we had no idea we weren't expecting money from anywhere like anywhere and we we opened the our mailbox and we're going through the mail and to our surprise there's an envelope from pastor wayman and nelda mitchell which they are the founders of our fellowship and we we look at each other like what is this <laughs> and we open it and pastor wayman uh was gonna marry us and i don't know if he was sick or out of the country he he couldn't do it so it was it was a card like a congratulations card like for our wedding and this was months after we had already been married
2: yeah probably about a few months
1: and you know they were just apologizing for not making it wishing the best and in there was check written out to us right and and we were just blown away but the crazy thing is not that there was a check in there the crazy thing is sister nelda she kept getting it returned to her and i think this was like the fifth time and it finally went through and it was just at the at our most desperate times Mm -hmm. in our lives and we don't call that a coincidence that's that's a miracle that is we we claim that is a financial miracle god is something i've been saying recently is god is such a personal god and and he not only knows what we need, but at the very hour that we need it too. And and so yeah. for us in our marriage, that was like our first financial breakthrough. And and it was just really good to it was just that good feeling of like God we is can
2: trust God. We
1: can trust God with anything. <laughs> and uh, and it was shortly after that we continued to struggle. We ended up losing where we were living. We had to live with my parents for a few months. And then through that, I was able to figure out what I was going to do. And that we found a place to live that was more affordable than where we were at. Through the process of it all, I ended up picking up multiple jobs. I was working three jobs at once and I was just never home or, or missing church. And, and even with like multiple, I had three jobs at once and it just wasn't enough and we weren't living like lavish lifestyles, you know, we were, our first a son was on the way and, and I'm just like freaking out. Like, what am I going to do? I, I need to figure this out, you know, for my, for the sanity of my wife and our newborn, like, I need to figure this out. And I just couldn't figure it out. I struggled no matter what I was doing. I, I was being faithful and obeying the the tithe and paying my tithe and, and, guy I don't I don't know what, what what else to do but it was during that time that I, I was still working in the cafe inside the intel plant and we see like the intel employees every day because that's that's who we're serving and one of the guys that I got to know him and he'd come every day and we talk. he approached me and he asked me how do you like this job is it working for you and I said well I mean It doesn't pay much, but it was the only stable thing I had. Like, I had been there at the time, like, I think I had been there four and a half years at the time. It wasn't paying much, but it was something. It it guaranteed a paycheck every every two weeks. And he told me about a temporary position within Intel. I was in a, they needed someone to go in there and run samples for them, but it was through a temporary agency. Like, it wasn't like an Intel position. It was like, hey, this is a contract for six months. But after that, like, I can't really guarantee you a job. And up to this point, I had tried everything. I had actually tried leaving that company and I just couldn't land like better jobs for whatever reason.
0: What were the uh, three places that you were working at at that time?
1: They were, they were all restaurants. So one of them was the cafe. Another one, I, I was working for an Italian chef. And then uh, the third one, was like it's like a high-end um, steak and seafood restaurant. Can you give us an idea of your schedule? Yeah, so I was I was working 6:30 a.m. to 2:30 at my first job, um, and the drive was 45 minutes. So I mean, oh I had to leave God. really early just to get there, and then at 4 o'clock, I would go to this Italian uh, restaurant, and had to work there to like 7. Just, just a few hours, you know, I told him I have a, I have a baby on the way and I'm um, looking for some extra money. And he allowed me to work there and he took care of us. And and then um, I'd start my other job around 7.30 and then work till like midnight. And it's just the whole day and, then, and I'd get home and no time, no energy. I mean, Hasmin's already asleep. Like, <laughs> and then the next day at like five in the morning, I'm already up and going again. And it was just- Total rat race. Yeah, it was just draining, and and so when, when this guy approached me, his name is Jose, and we're still friends to this day. Uh, he approached me about this position. I came home and I told Hasmin about it. I said, you know, we we've tried everything up until this point. I believe um, I believe God can open the door. Like, there's no guarantees after six months, but um, I'm willing to take a risk and and just trust God we're gonna you know we talked it over and she decided well anything could be better than this yeah and
2: we kind of also saw it as well let's get that six months experience for you and then maybe you can take that experience and like get into water treatment for the city sure or you know like we were kind of thinking like okay experience wise if within these six months like that's it then maybe that can kind of be another open door out of the kitchen.
0: And so how are you doing with this husband?
2: Definitely a lot of loneliness, but I really just ran to God. Like, I feel like I was just as a young bride, as a young soon to be mom, I just ran to God um, so much. And I think that was, that has always been my sanity um, to just, go to my father in heaven. I I didn't have, I think, the strength. And I also had way too much Mexican pride to be like calling out to my mom and dad or like mm-hmm. reaching out, you know, back to um, family members. And so God was, has been my anchor. And I'm not going to say like, I was like perfect in those moments. <laughs> like I was lonely and, but I just really... Um, to turn that loneliness into just intimate times with God.
1: So now I, so I signed, I signed a contract for six months and I put my two weeks in at the cafe and I told my other jobs like, I can't be working anymore. And I got a better job and you know, they were happy for me. And you know. how did that feel when you did that? I was like nine feet tall. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. I was yeah. like, Like, everyone knew that I just got a new job. But I just felt like just another gratitude of, like, I went out looking. I didn't find anything. Someone approached me, and I got a job. And it's, like, it's one of those things where I'm, like, God doesn't have to bless me in this way. But yet he did. And just a gratitude. And I remember, like, just so happy. And in those two weeks that I had left, in the cafe, I remember, like, I told myself, I'm going to work the hardest I've mm-hmm. ever worked. So, and, so. and so, and I remember like showing up and, you know, I'd get jokes like, now that you're leaving, you know, you're finally working, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it was just, I was just so grateful. I was like, I'm going to give this company my all, even though I'm leaving them in a couple of weeks. And so it was now the second week into my, So Thursday, I have Friday left and I'm done with this company, right? So it's two weeks into my my announcement that I was leaving. This temp recruiter calls me and she says, hey, so I got some bad news. They decided to fill the position internally. And so your position no longer exists. And so up to this point, I don't have a job for you. And I have no say over it because when it's an internal move, like I have no say in this. And I said, look. I put what? my two weeks in. I don't have a job after tomorrow. I don't care where you put me. I need a job. I can't, I'm can't. i living paycheck to paycheck. I cannot afford to be without a job. I don't care if I'm scrubbing floors. Put me anywhere. Wow. <laughs> and wow. she said, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And so I called my father-in-law. He, my father-in-law owns his own landscaping business. I call him to tell him that I got a new job and he's just shooting, he's just shouting up the rooftop. Like, praise, he's just so excited for us. Uh, there's a small problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know when I start, so I kinda, and he was glad, you know, I, I came up and I drove up to Prescott for a week and landscape with him and he paid me well, you know, just during that time where I couldn't afford not to have a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that I got a phone call from the recruiter that said, hey, found a position for you but it's in a completely different department like it's nothing like what we talked about i said i'll learn it (laughs) i don't care i'll learn it and um so i went through like the background check you know and got into my first day and so when when so this is still at intel and i have like a contractor badge well my previous company has to release that in order for me to work for the next company so then I get there, and the manager is not releasing my badge. And he's, like, avoiding me, and uh, I don't know what it was. Security got involved and pretty much told him he needs to release this badge. Oh. <laughs> so it was just, I'm just like, oh, God, like what is happening? <laughs> Everything in life, like, we've had to fight for it literally, yes. <laughs> literally. You know, you know and, and so I finally get in, and I get in with this different group, and it's different from what I – what i was told it involved a lot of chemistry that i have no idea what that it involved a lot of math not the greatest at math and i god you give me the ability god i so i signed a six month contract with them and three months into it i got a six month extension so six months into it I get another six months. So now my contract is a year and a half and I'm only at six months and start just doing my job. Right. This is what's expected of me. And in my free time, I'm like asking the Intel employees, like, Hey, you know, is there anything I can do? Like, do you need anything swept? Like, um, I can do whatever. Just let me know. I don't want to just sit here. And so they found things. And so then that began to get back to the Intel manager. Like, Hey, this guy's got a good heart you know he wants to work you know just just we're just letting you know he's, he's a good worker we might want to keep him around so i worked for the temporary agency a total of eight and a half months i don't even work for them a full year and so we would show up at six every morning and like the managers and stuff, they wouldn't show up to like eight and so i show up and the main manager's sitting there and it's kind of shocked to see him there i'm like oh, that's it's odd. Like, why is he here so early? And then, so I just, I wave at him. Hey, good morning. And, and he, um, he says, Hey, I'm actually here to talk to you. I'm like, I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to think. I'm like, Oh God, please don't fire me. <laughs> like I'm expecting to hear the worst. Like, Hey, we ran out of funding or whatever. He says, you know, there was, uh, a senior guy that recently retired and with that, that leaves a void. I'm getting a lot of good feedback about you and I want to hire you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I want to hire you and I, I, I see a lot of potential in you. I like your attitude and I believe that you're gonna be a perfect fit for this team. And I said, sure, where do I sign, you know? <laughs> And it. so what I failed so, so to rewind, what I failed to say, is when I first signed that temporary contract, our finances doubled, from one job to, from three jobs to one. Wow. <laughs> our finances doubled. I'm leaving out important details here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so then he says, "I want I want to hire you," and I said, "Okay." I knew I didn't qualify. So I didn't ask any questions. One thing to know about working for a company like Intel is you only get in if you have military experience or if you have a, uh, a degree. It's the only way you get into the Intel. I had neither. And I told him that, like, I don't have a degree. I've never served in the military. Just letting you know before we go through this whole process. And and he says, don't worry about it. Let me worry about that. I said, okay. <laughs> and then to make this miracle bigger, the company was in the middle of a hiring freeze. They weren't hiring anyone. So if anyone got the position, it was going to be an internal transfer. So there was a freeze worldwide with the company. And he said, look, there's a freeze. It might not happen now, but just know, I want you on the team. I'm going to create a position. It can easily be rejected or it can go through. So he created a job posting the first one got rejected, so, no, we're not hiring. So then he told me, Hey, you know, just, just to keep you in the loop, the first job requisition got rejected. He put in another one and it went through. It got passed in order for them to even interview someone. It has to get passed through. Like the recruiter tells you who you can interview. You don't just interview whoever replies. Like if there's 30 people apply the, the, the recruiters say, okay, out of these 30, you can interview these eight, right? It got passed through the recruiters and just directly into his inbox. And I, I remember him, like, calling me and says, hey, we need to schedule an interview. I said, okay. So I get in there, and it's a panel of about seven people, a manager, a couple of technicians, and a few engineers. And I'm nervous. This is intel here. I'm really nervous. I get in there, and the manager's got literally his feet up on the desk, and um, he said, All right, well, we need to have an interview to check the box to do things right. you have any questions for us? Checks in the mail. And I laughed when he said, Checks in the mail, because my wife and I have a joke that the checks in the mail. Right? <laughs> and I laughed. I just, I, I just, God has to have a sense of humor. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> awesome. So I signed, I. I, I get hired on. It was like about a three-week process.
0: Wait, wait, wait! Can you tell me some more about this interview?
1: Well, I just, I just asked him like, hey, so what do you um, just give me, give me a couple of reasons why you, you decided why you're interested in me. I mean, I mean, just to kind of, where do you see me in the, you know, kind of where do I fall in the team? Because the team was pretty top-heavy. They had, they had a lot of senior people, and so from the very beginning, like I, I was gonna step in into a very well-developed culture and he he was very blunt he um he said well first of all i didn't hire you because you were good because you're not that good (laughs) and everyone just (laughs) laughed you know but he was joking he said you're really not that good he goes i hired you because i see potential in you and i see leadership skills in you and i believe that one day you're going to be a leader on this team and that's cool you know that was encouraging and um i mean i asked like what are your plans for me kind of what are my goals look like he says don't worry about any of that you just enjoy the moment <laughs> <I> said, Okay, <laughs> yeah. it was just weird i've never been like usually you gotta like really sell yourself a couple of the engineers asked a few technical questions just to kind of see like understand understand some of my depth as far as what i knew technically and but it wasn't like a pass fail criteria it was just kind of like welcome to the team <laughs> you know yeah, that's awesome it's just <laughs> grace of god and so then that quadrupled our finances from the cafe right so i'm dating all this back from when this all first started and so i'm working there i'm developing a couple of years into it my manager starts approaching me about leadership opportunities three years into it i become a lead and then during that time my friend, Jose, that had initially told me about the temporary position was forced to transfer into the group because they kind of contracted where he was at. So if I would have gotten a job with him, who knows who's would me be today? Mm. <laughs> because they got rid of his position and we only had one position available. And so then he transferred into our department and I became his trainer. <laughs> It's it's just so crazy. And we're really good friends to this day. We're really good friends. He's supported everything that I've done there. He's supported everything. He's come out to our church in Phoenix. He's supported us being out here. And he's just been a really good friend. And just so grateful that that he was able to be used at such a crucial time in our lives Mm. to, you know, just magnify how good God is. You know, I, I began getting complacent. You know, I I started kind of feeling that I'm getting really good at what I do. I'm getting comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I started battling with calling. And it's during, you know, I was just, I was going to church, you know, but that schedule that they had me on, I was working Sundays. And so I would miss every Sunday morning and I would be late to the Sunday night service. And so just enough of that, just kind of I, I just kind of backed away from calling I, I backed away from like really getting too involved getting closer to God just because I was working and I'm working 12-hour shifts um, and I I began just dealing with calling you know because I got comfortable and and I just felt like I wasn't the one that was worth investing in uh I wasn't the one that I was I didn't feel believed in anymore. And so because of that, I, I took it personal and just struggled with that and just kind of.
0: Did you battle with the thought of if you left your job that you would go back to having to work three jobs
1: just to make it? I mean, to a, to a certain degree, I, I felt okay. like God gave me this job okay. and there was no doubt that God gave me this job. And if I was to leave, like I, w- I felt like I was in gonna fall out of that blessing. Okay. Um, I just felt that connection almost, where um, I wasn't really afraid to leave. And I'll get into more. I'll get into that a little more uh, later. Um, but I just felt like God gave me this job. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm not in church, but God gave me this job. So therefore. <laughs> hey, I'm kind of justified, right? (laughs) And, you know, we can get weird sometimes. (laughs) That's kind of how I processed it. And But I remember battling with calling. Like, I I knew I was called to preach one day. Like, God had called me to preach from a very young age, and I knew I was going to do it. But at the time, I wasn't actively pursuing it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I didn't do it then, I didn't really have this revelation done until later but like if you don't do it now you ain't do anything yep. <laughs> and I was kind of like well it is what it is you know like I'm working providing you know enjoying God's blessing <laughs> and um <laughs> but I remember during that time that I'm battling with my calling my manager approaches me he says look I um love what you're doing here I feel like you've got a lot more in you and I want to develop you from a technician into an engineer. My offer is I will give you a full ride scholarship to a chemical engineering degree, very expensive degree. And he says, I'll work with your schedule. If you have to take classes during work, I'll be flexible. Um, We'll pay for everything you just commit to me four years. And I told him I'd have to think about it. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, I, I have to think, well, because I was struggling with that. I even told like my my, my parents, my family, like, I think I'm just gonna go back to school and then kind of see what happens later. I remember having this conversation with my parents and they were like, hey, they were supportive, whatever you want to do, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they were just there for me. and." I told him I'd have to think about it, and then I came home that night, and I I told Hazmina about it. Like, hey, they uh, they're offering me a chemical engineering degree. Like, like this is huge, and um, I I'll let her kind of explain that. So she kind of directed me to her brother Jesse. <laughs> um, Jesse was in New York at the time, he was pastoring a church in Rochester, New York, but Jesse kind of faced the same type of Situation, so I'll let her kind of explain that a little bit.
2: So when I was a teenager, uh, my brother Jesse was going to school to be a EMT, and he was a newlywed, um, and he he did it to provide for his family. And he just he wanted um, that security, and there's absolutely nothing wrong in schooling and and having that security, but he felt called to preach, my brother. And um, there came a time where the job began to demand higher than you know the calling that God had placed on his life. And so when Richard came home and, and started telling me about all of this, I was like, you know what? You should call <laughs> Like He went through something similar because When you don't quite have all the answers, (laughs) you're just kind of like, I'm going to lead you to someone who I think you can help. And my brother, Jesse, um, he always kept a very good testimony. And I genuinely believed in Richard. Like I could see him going out to pastor one day and I saw how Jesse, my brother, was now pastoring and it was a decision. We always had like these dinner discussions of like huge events of our lives and this was one of them are you going to go to school and are we just going to kind of settle or are we going to keep believing that God has a greater plan of going out one day and, and Richard pastoring and me helping alongside
1: I called Jason. <laughs> I call him and he's just you know, he's being gracious, and he's, you know, he's just like, hey, man, you, uh, he didn't really tell me what to do, but he just encouraged me, and I remember getting off the phone with Jesse, and I'm like, why did I call him? Like, that was dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> why did I just call him? Like, now I feel dumb, <laughs> and um,
2: it's almost like once you say what you're thinking out loud, like, you're kind of like, what was I thinking?
1: You <laughs> know, but he was able to, to just really encourage me and, and just more than anything, just impart faith into my life once again. And so the next day I, I go to my manager and I explain to him, I mean, he knew that I was in church. He knew that I was somewhat involved. And I just told him that I had to turn the offer down because I wanted to preach one day. And if, I, and if I was to commit to this, then I probably wasn't going to be able to do that. And he was in disbelief. He said, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. And um, I told him, it's okay. I didn't expect you to. I honestly expected you to be disappointed. You know? He said, you know what? No matter what happens from here on out, I'm committed to your career here at Intel. As long as I'm your manager, I'm committed to your career, here, which was huge. It's huge for me to hear that. So, because someone believed in me, you know, and it was for me that was huge. And so, right after that, I really just committed to just pursuing the will of God for my life. God, what is it that you want from my life? And I started pursuing that. Um, shortly after that doors just began to open up for us like aside from this miracle job like god still had more <laughs> and shortly after that we became the door directors in our church and it's this is a position of training to be a pastor one day you uh take on the training and kind of teaches you to like organize and Uh, contend for things that only god can do in your life and work with people and it prepares you to be a pastor and i we did that for for about two years and god just helped us in our lives personally um our our church saw some incredible breakthrough in people's lives being touched and um the church atmosphere just shifting to like just a different spirit in the church, a healthy spirit. And it was through that, that God confirmed to me that he was still interested in using my life. So we're about two years into this and it's during our Bible conference and we have the semi-annual conferences in our fellowship where we hear preaching from leaders and um, at the end of the week, we announced new workers into foreign lands and cities and we start new churches. And so this conference was happening that week. Sorry, a week prior to that. I'm in morning prayer with my pastor. And I began to tell him how we were considering buying a house. We're gonna buy a house. We saw some houses and I think we're gonna we're ready to buy a house. And he says, Okay, cool, since he you goes know, since we're on the subject. Was, what do you think about pioneering a church? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about pioneering.
2: Like it was almost like our pastor's like, "Oh, you want to move? Okay. What do you think about moving?" <laughs> what about
0: buying a house in a different city? How do you feel about that?
2: <laughs>
1: oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and it was just like complete curveball. Like
0: uh,
1: since you're packing, <laughs>
0: exactly. Since you're packing.
2: <laughs> On top of that, it. 2020, yeah. and we're in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. And so wow. our pastor is talking to us about going out to Pioneer, and so we're kind of like, well, maybe this kind of still has to pass.
1: So I began to share with my pastor that I um, I feel like the church – needed to be in a better position to plant a new church and I just expressed to him like what I wanted to see in the church and when I was the door director my I had this mentality of I need to obsolete myself and I was very involved and I ran outreaches and concerts and I was just very involved and I remember importing this into like the younger men of our church. Like I need to obsolete myself. I need to get off the stage. I need to stop doing to create those opportunities. And so I finally told my pastor, like, I want to see that before I leave. He just said, okay. That's all he said. He just said, okay, I'll support you. And he didn't pressure me to do anything. He just said, okay. And so now a week after the conference starts and this was the first live stream conference. So we weren't able to be there in person. And so I'm at work and I'm doing a lot of computer work. And so I'm tuning in to the live stream as much as I can. Well, this is Thursday morning. I'm tuning into the conference and there's a pastor in our fellowship His name is uh, uh, Sean Gunkel. He begins to preach on, he just begins to preach on his heart for the nations and his heart for the harvest and for people. And I'm sitting there at work and I'm like, oh God, like there are people out there that desperately need Jesus, that desperately need miracles in their lives and this man just has a passion for these people and i'm like and i just told my pastor no like i'm not ready the church is not ready and i'm just like okay god like this is it (laughs) i can't keep saying no like i don't know what other sign i'm looking for like nothing else needs to happen like okay god wherever you need me to go god i will go and I texted my pastor. You know, one of the struggles for us is when you go out to preach, most of the time you have like a burden for a city in your heart where you want to go and start a a brand-new church. Well, I didn't have that. I didn't have a city, and I didn't have anything specific. And my pastor knew that. I I expressed that to him. Like, even if I went, pastor, I don't have a city. I don't don't know where I would go. And, And so I texted him. Right after that sermon, I sent him a text message. And said, Pastor, how could you not go after a message like that? I was just so stirred and just so encouraged by just the impartation of faith and just evangelism. And I said, Pastor, I will go wherever you need me to go. If there is a need on your heart, Pastor, I'll fill it. Right? And so I'm expecting... Okay, cool. I'm thinking of this city. What do you think of that? No, he just says, Okay, I'll pray that God gives you a city. I'm like, Oh, we're back to square one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, now I, I'm willing to go and like and then Thursday night, Pastor Jonathan Heimberg preaches a sermon on the releasing of the ark. And so right after that, my pastor calls me. Right after I mean it was right after the altar call. We're watching at home. He calls me and he says, Okay, so what are we thinking? I don't know if he expected me to be doing research, but I wasn't doing research. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I just told my pastor, yes, you know, I'd go anywhere. And um, so
2: at that point, I'm like whispering in the background, like different suggestions we had gotten for states that had intel. And when these people would like suggest that to us, like it was almost like, well, we don't only want to go with that security we're only set on going to states that have an intel for Richard to transfer. But now that pastor was on the phone, like, I'm kind of in the background being like, try suggesting some of these states. (laughs) Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Say something. And if it can be anywhere, why not where there's an intel?
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, and to kind of add to what she just said, I mentioned earlier that I didn't have a problem leaving Intel. So it was during that, I was like, God, give me a city. Like, I don't have to stay with my company, even like with my schedule. Once I started pursuing like the will of God for my life, it was frustrating because I was like missing a lot of church. I'm like, God, I'll get a job anywhere. Like, I don't have to stay here. Like, I know you gave me this job, but, but I think it was me just releasing that Mm -hmm. saying, okay, God, I am no longer emotionally tied to this job. God just began to open doors, you know, and, and, and so my pastor calls Pastor Kevin Foley, which is, he's the leader in the Northwest area. He's in McMingo, Oregon. He calls him and says, Hey, i got a guy. He's bilingual. He works at Intel. We're looking at maybe a job transfer, you know, what are, are there any areas that you kind of see some potential in? And right away, Pastor Foley says, I know the exact city. He goes, I just forgot what it's called. I don't know what it is. I can't think of it right now. He goes, why don't you call Pastor Abel? And Pastor Abel O'Valle was Pastor Foley's assistant. And so Pastor calls me back. He gives me Pastor Abel's number. And so I call him and I begin to tell him, hey, look, I'm trying to find out, you know, where we want to go. I work at Intel. There's an Intel in, in Oregon, you know, looking at maybe some, and, I mean, without any hesitation, he goes, bro, Aloha was the place to go. I said, what's in Aloha? He said, it's a smaller town. It's a suburb of Portland. He goes, that city has been tilled for, like, the last 30 years. People have tried putting churches there. There was a thriving church there about eight years ago, but today there's no church there. He says, the, 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 the harvest is ripe. People are ready. That city is ripe, and that city is ready for a church. Uh, there's a big Hispanic influence in the city, uh, and he just had a passion for the city. I knew nothing about the city, I knew nothing about Oregon, and and just hearing his passion for the city, I'm like, okay, cool, thank you. And we get off the phone, and I call my pastor, say, hey, he said Aloha. I don't know, I don't know where that is. So we get off the phone, and I told pastor, let me pray about this. I'll get back to you in the morning. But then I began to research the city of Aloha, kind of like demographics, kind of. There ain't nothing here. <laughs> it's a small little town. I'm like, there's nothing here. <laughs> it's like it's like a keychain version of Prescott. Like, there ain't nothing here. <laughs> and and I'm like, what is this guy so fired up about? <laughs> and I did the research and I prayed about it. I looked at Intel Jobs, and there was openings. And so I emailed my pastor in the morning after I prayed about it. And um, he saw the email in the morning. And after he prayed about it, this is now Friday morning. He says, um, I feel this is God's timing. We're going to announce you tonight. <laughs> I'm
2: like, okay.
1: <laughs> and so that day, that, that Friday, I mean, it was, it was like a last-minute thing. We decided we're doing this. Um, and so that night we, um, they're making the announcements of all, all of the new churches and, and they announced us into a lower Oregon that Friday night. And it was just an incredible experience. You know, we weren't there, you know, they put us up on the screen and we came up on the screen, but we weren't there in person, but it was just such an incredible experience of everything that God did to get us here, mm-hmm. you know, and. But there's more <laughs> like it doesn't end there <laughs> you know right after that,
2: that he did it so with intel he wasn't gonna just be able to like, quick transfer he still had to apply for a position here in oregon it wasn't like he was just gonna automatic hired. he was gonna have to like go through this process of being hired
1: so i did go through a this time I went through a, a real interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there
1: was no well, feet up on the interview. desk
0: for that interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but the crazy thing is, I told you that my manager told me that he was committed to my career there at Intel. Okay. I, I, I called, so he wasn't my direct manager at the time anymore. He hadn't moved up. So he was my manager's manager. And so I called my current manager and I told him, hey, and it was COVID, right? So he was working from home. So he said, hey, I need to speak with you. It's pretty urgent. He says, what's up? Like, can it wait? Like, I'll be in tomorrow. I told him, well, I'm leaving Arizona. I mean, he goes, I'm on my, I'm on my way. <laughs> and so he he shows up. We talked. I, I told him we just got announced. We're going to go start a brand new church in Oregon. And he's like,
2: wow, like,
1: that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know. And um, right away, he got on the phone. And he started looking for jobs in oregon for me and they're managers so they have like an inside track of like sure. opening like that and so then when he tells my first the manager that hired me he calls him and tells him he requests to meet with me personally so now he now i'm meeting with the higher up manager right he's no longer my direct manager so i meet with him and and he reminded me of what he told me he says i i told you that i was going to be committed to you and your career here at Intel, and I'm gonna make sure you get a job in Oregon. Oh my And uh, he started making phone calls, and he spent about 20 years here in Oregon working here as a manager. Oh wow! Uh, so, I mean, that in itself is a miracle.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. So he had yeah. already your manager that was committed to you before he even knew you were in Oregon. Then you guys decide to go to Oregon, and then he just so happens to have connections in Oregon. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, he he was in Arizona, but he had transferred from Oregon, and he worked like 20 years in Oregon. It's just, I can't make this stuff up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so then, so remember, I'm still working a crazy 12-hour shift. But by this point, I had gotten a new schedule. So now I wasn't missing any church, but I was working every Saturday. Um, So I transitioned from the front half of the week to the back half. But I was missing every Saturday, so I wasn't on outreach. I was late to the concert scenes, and it was just—it was better because I was in church. But it was still frustrating, and I remember telling my pastor, "Like, I'm just gonna go get another job. Like, <laughs> this is crazy because my responsibilities were the same. Like,
2: yeah. I was for still
1: responsible for my responsibilities, you know?
2: For a good chunk of um, Richard developing in the ministry he was either not there Sundays or not there Saturdays. And so for many years, I, we prayed for a Monday through Friday job for him um, so that he could, you know, fulfill like his calling and, and be able to be a part of what our fellowship does, which is very, very heavily involved on Saturdays and Sundays.
1: So it was like within three days I get a phone call from the hiring manager here in Oregon. Three days after I had talked to my manager, he calls me and he's got an engineer on the other line. And he says, hey, so we um, got a call from Mr. Montero, which is the manager, got a call from Mr. Montero. He says, you're moving up here. Um, he speaks very highly of you. Tell me what you do. What do you, you know, and what are you looking for? And I told him we were moving up there to start up a church. And, started asking specific questions about like my leadership roles and stuff like that and, and so they had a position they had a guy that retired and they were they've been trying to fill this position for a while but just couldn't find the right candidate he says okay you know we get off the phone and then later on he, he he follows up he goes so let me ask you a question he goes so whether you get this job or not you're moving to Oregon I said that's correct I'm moving there to start up a church and if I can't stay with Intel then I'll work somewhere else but we're there to start up a church and he said okay so then a week later he calls me he says hey i got some good news the good news is intel is higher they're they're offering you a position here i said oh praise god like that's awesome he goes so let me just run through the details it might not be what you expect but here we go so he says i know you're working a uh, compressed the work week which was 12 hour shifts he goes but um I don't know if this works for you, but this position is actually Monday through Friday. (laughs) I said, it's what? It's Monday through Friday. I said, yes, absolutely. That's everything I've wanted. Yes. And he says, okay, well, if that works for you, let me put some details together. So we get off the phone. He calls me back. He says, okay, well, uh, we got all the details lined out. And so Monday through Friday. So there is. it's a bit more expensive out here. And so they gave me a cost of living adjustment. So automatically I got a 3% adjustment. They gave me a pay increase, a base pay increase. They gave me a bonus to sign on with them here at Oregon. And then he said, you know, we want to remove all of the stress from moving your family here. So we're going to completely relocate your family here at our expense. And I'm just blown away. I'm just like, what is happening? And so we go over the details and then I get a call from the relocation company and they cut us a $10,000 check to move here. That's crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> Mind blown.
0: And remind us yeah, to well- remember, I remember husband telling me that it was like, they could have given you like 2,500, 5,000 or 10,000, just depending on how they're feeling or whatever
1: based on, like, where we were coming from and, like, what services we wanted, like, it's, hey, we can help you with this or with that, and I didn't really know what the process was like.
2: Yeah, and I, it almost sounded like, like, we're not 100% sure, but it almost sounded like different packages depending on how many miles you were moving, how big your family was, sure. um, and, like you said, kind of the perks of, like, everything you were, you would need. Are you going to fly your family? Are you going to drive your family? Are you going to... Are you gonna plan to leave everything and buy everything new once you get there? And so there's like there was all these different
1: And our our church was going to move us here. Sure. They were gonna take yeah. on that financial load of getting a moving truck and getting us into a hotel and getting some of our deposits paid. And you know, our church was gonna do that. And so I told the lady, like, our plan is we're gonna load up a truck and get a rental truck, load everything up and she says, Oh, so you can do everything yourself and I said yeah, I mean, that's what our plan was. Just says, okay, yeah. So then you qualify for the $10,000. i am like, okay. Jeez. That covered our moving truck, covered gas, food expenses, hotels along the way, all of our security deposits to get into our new home. I mean, everything. It covered everything. And like, there was a lot of money left over. Like, I don't, I can't justify spending $10,000 to move out. That's crazy to me. And it was just such a blessing, and not just like to us, but to our church. Like yeah. that, they they saved thousands of dollars of yeah. moving us here, and one of those things where you know the check's in the mail. You know, we just <laughs> Sounds like always a miracle. It's just such a incredible miracle. Of I couldn't force this. To, I couldn't think this up. I couldn't, wow. you know. But. When we respond, you know, and one thing we notice is that every financial breakthrough that we saw, every miracle that God gave us, happened after we responded to
0: something. Wow. It never
1: came automatically. So once we responded, once we made decisions, like God opened doors, mm-hmm. you know, and and then coming here, like, like it's just a blessing. How like my job is, I have incredible favor. Again, I came from the cafe. Right. I came from the Mm -hmm. cafe. I took a job as a temporary sample guy. And here I am today, uh, a mentor for Intel, for newer developing technicians, um, a peer trainer. And I develop all of our departments like training documentation like that is a miracle. I came from flipping burgers (laughs) to here. God has blessed us beyond anything we can imagine. So that was just getting us there. So now that we're here, now we got to start up this church, you know, and and we start having church in our living room and we start looking at buildings. Buildings are just closing left and right. Nobody's interested in churches or they're making it very difficult. And so we looked at a total of 13 buildings, 13 buildings and it was a mixture of, no, thank you, we don't want churches. We don't work at churches anymore. Or it was just very expensive. This is a very expensive area. Um, for something like a thousand square feet, they want like four to five thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. And so we began just contending to God, we need miracles. Yeah. We know that you are the God of miracles. Yeah. We know personally yes. that you can move in the area of finances shortly after we've been here since september we haven't been here a full year i decided one night it's like midnight i decided i'm gonna go on craigslist to just see if the, <laughs> there's any building available so i go on craigslist i look up office spaces and then i find this doctor who's leasing his medical office and we meet up and he just gives us incredible favors i mean we're talking the whole, the entire building is like 2,400 square feet. There's a main room in the back where we have church. He's given us access to the whole building for a thousand bucks a month. Everything's oh included. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> Everything included. <gasps> but wait, there's what? more. I'm
1: telling you. <laughs> wait, utilities included? Bills. I mean, we, we pay for our stuff, like our internet stuff, but it's like, yeah. God, yeah. again, like God showed us like... God is very well into this, and God moves when we move, yes. and that that is one of the lessons that that we learn. You know, we're not gonna scratch a lottery ticket and just be blessed by God. Sure. You know, we made decisions to be obedient to God. We made decisions to to let God use us. There's people out here that need to hear the message of the gospel, and we responded. And every time we responded, God responded.
2: And like he totally outdid yeah. He was- expecting or asking him for like it it was just an abundance every single time and it's just his grace early early on you know like i like i said you know it was like i was just praying and one of the prayers i would pray was god no matter what richard chooses let your grace be upon me and my sons and our home and he's just honored that Try really, and and we're just so thankful. It's, it's just incredible to serve
1: God. You know, and this building mm-hmm. owner is a Christian. He's a doctor. He owns this building. He's a Christian, and he, you know, when we got in there, he was, you know, a lot of people claim to be Christian. He was, what kind of Christian are you? He goes, mm-hmm. I, because my wife is making sure that I don't let the wrong people in here, and so I just told him, you know, we believe what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that Jesus... Loves us so much he died for us to forgive us of our sin, you know, and that's the message of the gospel, and that's that's the hope that we bring to people. You know, one of the struggles that we had is they wanted us to go through like the county permits and it was just very difficult, especially for churches. And he said, I'm not worried about permits, he goes, You can have a church, you can do whatever you need. He goes, I, I support what you do. I'm in favor of what you do, and I'm actually gonna come visit your church. God brought us here for a reason, there's a purpose for mm-hmm. us being here and and um finances are a big part of it and um
0: it's just mind-blowing to me it's such a good story i love
1: it there's another small detail about jose jose used to be a christian you know since he still has beliefs but he's not he's not participating he doesn't go to a church like i said he did visit our church a couple times he came out to a couple of our concerts but he knows he knows the truth, you know, but he's not living it right now. He didn't know any of these details. So going into the conference Thursday night into Friday morning, he didn't know anything. But we carpooled. He picked me up and we would share, we take turns driving. He picks me up Friday morning and he says, I had a crazy night last night. I said, well, what happened? I hadn't shared anything because nothing was official, right? I hadn't even heard back from my pastor yet because it was early in the morning. He said, I don't know what it is, but in the middle of the night, I just, I kept waking up, and all I could think to do was just pray for you. I have no idea. I just said, God, God, I don't know what he's dealing with, but God, you need to help him. And when he shared that with me, it's just like... What more do you need? (laughs) Seriously. God has been involved in this, every detail from beginning to end, and... um, We're just grateful that that he allows us to be a part of it. We really are the ones who benefit from this. You know, God is such a personal God. It just brings me back to there's a story in the Bible where Jesus meets a woman at the well that's desperately in need. And God knows where she's at, not only what she needs, but when she needs it most. Yeah. And you know, and, and that's that's the character of God. He is such a personal God, and He knows what we need. He helps you excel in whatever area in life you're in. He's so personal; <laughs> He's so interested in our lives, and it's, you know, God is just such a personal God.